0: So whenever you're feeling an emotion that feels uncomfortable, instead of doing something to avoid it, to just look at it and be like, hey, hey there fear, come to the table. I love you, I welcome you in. What do you have to teach me?
1: Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, Tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have a really incredible guest to share with you today who has an amazing story. Marissa Ayman is a best-selling author, musician, voice actor, and motivational speaker. As the owner of Marissa Eiman, LLC, an audio production and meditation company, she has created hundreds of meditations and meditative musical compositions for businesses and apps all over the world. In addition to those on her own podcast, Incandescent, an unconventional meditation podcast. In 2019, she wrote and published the international best-selling book, Super Intense, about her journey. Using mindfulness to live well with multiple mental illness diagnoses, including bipolar type 1 and ADHD. I definitely am excited to talk to you about that. Marissa, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is great to have you here.
0: Hi, Dr. Richard. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Wow, the second I hear you speak, it it, it makes sense to me why you have an audio production voiceover company. (laughs) My goodness, you you absolutely have the perfect voice for that. So, uh, again, it's great to have you on the show. I really want to dive in and talk about super intense and talk about your journey because I know that there's particularly now with what's going on in the world, there are a lot of people who might not even have a mental health diagnosis, but they're dealing with unbelievable stress and those that are, it makes it even worse so that that you've really created a platform around helping people through mindfulness to deal with that is absolutely amazing. So take us through your journey.
0: Mm. Well, for a long time as a kid, I mean, my dad, even when I was an infant, if you were to ask him to describe me, the very first word he would have used, it was intense. And I thought that that was normal and I remember being given advice to just smile and act like I was happy, act like I was okay, and that over time I'd feel fine. Meanwhile, the first time I ever felt severe and uh, long-lasting depression was when I was 10 and I lost my dog that he'd been my best friend. He taught me how to walk Um, and I just... I knew looking back at least that that was clinical depression. It lasted for about a year. I wasn't really talking to people, but the advice I was receiving was, you know, smile. It's okay. I was very loved and supported, but the message I received from outside sources, you know, just from general societal messages that we get was to put on a happy face and act like it's okay. And then you'll feel better. So I tried that for a really long time and by masking my emotions I I never was able to make them not be super intense I was just becoming a really good actress and I used bulimia to help me with any time there was emotions I didn't want to look at I would binge and purge to avoid looking at them and it, I did all sorts of things that were not healthy for me to avoid looking at my emotions until a breaking point in my, uh, actually I was 19. I wasn't even 20 yet. So I was a sophomore in college and my friend found me wandering around with no idea where I was and called my parents. And turns out I was experiencing a manic episode and the diagnosis I was given was bipolar type one, which really summed up my whole life to that looking through my journals, you'd see on any given day, or sometimes it would be a span of a few months. Sometimes it would just be every other day. Uh, the diagnosis included rapid cycling, which meant I would be up and down really quickly. Um, it all made sense looking back on my life, but I, I didn't, I didn't know until then. And I remember when the diagnosis came up, I had been experiencing delusions of feeling like I was either a superhero here to save the world or an evil villain sent to destroy the superhero version of myself, which is tricky since they couldn't exist at the same time. Uh, (laughs) um, And now the reason why the book is called Super Intense, it's not just because I am super intense, I still am. But Now I feel like that superhero version of myself because I work with the intensity instead of trying to run away from it, which was my MO for so long, working with it and loving it and embracing it and learning from it. It becomes this, I mean, superpower actually.
1: I think that's really beautiful because you were able to take something that society, you've been given a label and this is something that happens with a lot of people who get a psychological diagnosis or even a medical diagnosis is that you know, they, they are given this label and they internalize this label. So you know, you would, somebody might be told they're schizophrenic or they're bipolar or what have you. And, and then that becomes a part of their sense of self. And, and that often leads to even worse symptoms from a psychological mm. standpoint. So I love the way that you've been able to reframe it as a superpower. So, talk to us more about that.
0: That's such a good point about how we can take on the label and really make it more of our identity. That happened to me at first. Uh, so, that semester when I withdrew from college, I wasn't hospitalized. I was uh, pretty much released into my parents' care. And I was essentially sedated um, at first while they tried to find the right blend of medications. And I remember really believing for a while that this was going to be my life forever, that I had no other choice, that I would always either be at the mercy of the pills or at the mercy of the intense ups and downs. And that's just how it was. And so I might as well, you know, follow a really strict medication regimen and I definitely internalized the the diagnosis and it came to the point in my life where after mm-hmm, a few years of that, maybe about uh, eight, nine years or so of having really been faithful about taking the medications, I was experiencing difficulty because, and not that I'm anti medications, they did save my life, but they were also making it really difficult because if I missed one at any moment, I within an hour would have all of these side effects. And because I was on so many and my life was really full, I had this, uh, high level job. I was working 80 hour weeks and it just, it required a lot of me being there and being present. And I just, I just decided there's gotta be another way how is it that I'm either at the mercy of these pills or I'm at the mercy of my emotions? There's no way there's, those are the only two possibilities for my life. And that's when I discovered meditation and I didn't think I could do it because again, with you mentioned the ADD diagnosis, I was heavily medicated for that. And I thought for sure, there's no way I could sit in stillness. Even with the medications, I still never really felt like I could sit in stillness. And so what I did was put on guided meditations as if music went out of style, which is if you knew me back then, music was my life. So it was a really big deal that I was just only listening to guided meditations. And I would listen to them while I walked my dog. Not that I'm recommending this, but I would listen to them if I was driving or while on the plane. I was listening to them or on the train. I was listening to them pretty much everywhere I went and it served as a bridge. And I started to feel myself connecting to my breath in every moment. I started to feel myself noticing the. Colors and textures around me more clearly, I started to feel myself just being present. And once that started to happen, I started trying to do sits and stillness. And they ended up being beautiful. And I think that it was through that that I realized I'm not my diagnosis. I'm not any of the labels that I've given myself. And I wasn't able to see any of that until I let myself be still with myself, you know, and you get to the core of yourself and you find out that you're not your job title, you're not your family role, you're not your diagnoses, you're something else, something greater than all of that. And it's a really comforting feeling to connect with.
1: That's so beautiful the the way that you said that. And and it's actually something that I've shared with patients in the past, you know, regarding the internalization of, of a diagnosis. If you broke your arm, you wouldn't walk around and identify yourself as I'm broken armed. You would say, right. I'm Marissa, I'm in, and I have a broken arm. Right. And, and it's it's the same thing with mental illness. But I, I love that you were really able to use meditation in that sense. And, and we've not done a meditation episode on the show. So I was excited to have you on because you're a meditation expert. So especially now with what's going on in the world, and I know mindfulness is is your bag in particular as it relates to meditation, because there's, very different kinds of meditation. So if somebody's listening to this and they have never done any kind of meditation, in particular, they've never done mindfulness meditation, take us through some of the tenets of it. What are some things that people can do to get started and and how they can incorporate that into their lives.
0: I think one of the first things to talk about is what it's not just because there's so many misconceptions that I hear when when people are talking with me about meditation they think it is completely emptying your mind of all thoughts and that it's something only you know these special gurus can do these are some of the misconceptions that people have <laughs> said to me before so I like to make it really clear right off the bat that if that is is at all something that's on your mind that that's not at all <laughs> what it is and that you can actually make any moment a meditation and like you were saying Dr. Richard there are many different styles and so it's important too that you spend time finding the style that works best for you, because I think what happens to a lot of people is that they will try a style and then be like, oh, well, I hated that. So I'm never going to do any other meditations. I don't like any of them, but it's just like with exercise, I'm not a particularly great person when it comes to exercising regularly. I don't enjoy uh, most physical activities. (laughs) But I love walking in the woods. I love hiking. I love dancing. You know, there are certain things I love. So so I want to also state that up front. If you are listening to this and you're like, I've tried meditation. It doesn't work for me. I promise you, there's no way you've tried every kind of them. So there's, there's options for everyone. And essentially, anytime you allow yourself to focus in, On the present moment, whether you do a method of focusing on your breath, focusing on perhaps gazing at a candle flame, or listening to a mantra, or listening to a guided meditation where someone is leading you through the process of relaxing your body, allowing you to see different things in visualization, no matter which one of those you are listening to, they all get at the same thing which is allowing you to be right here in the present moment. And you can actually do that in many ways. You can do it while you're washing the dishes. You can do it while you're having a conversation with someone, when you're really looking into their eyes, you're really hearing their words. And you can discover that in doing so, you can turn any moment into a meditation.
1: You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. It's really interesting. And I think for people listening to this, you're saying washing the dishes. It's almost like you're describing a state of flow in some Mm. ways.
0: That's a good way to look at it. Because, yeah, it's, you know, because sometimes when we're washing the dishes, we're thinking, after I do this, I have to go put the kids to bed and then I have to go send these emails. I have to go uh, make sure that my schedule is all set for the morning. But if instead you're noticing your breath, you're feeling the warmth of the water, you're feeling the way the food is scraping off the plate, like that, that isn't something you think of as this beautiful guided meditation, but it's actually a moment in your life that is worthy of you being completely present and therefore
1: totally get that. Uh, I wonder if you could take a moment and share with us some of the scientific benefits of a regular meditation practice.
0: So I don't have formalized training in like the science behind it, but I have read plenty of articles and books on it. So for sure, some of the, the, Positive benefits that it causes for you is lowering stress and anxiety and helping you sleep more. That was a huge one for me. I had been an insomniac for, well, my whole life up until I started meditating. Uh, my poor parents, I was one of those babies that just never slept and was always screaming. I am so grateful that they were so patient with me. <laughs> uh, so, I I had been a proud person. This is another label. I had been like a proud insomniac. I thought people who slept were lazy and how dare you, I can do stuff all hours of the day. And obviously it, I wasn't being that productive because it affects your brain. And I couldn't focus as clearly when I wasn't sleeping. So when I started meditating and I started setting a bedtime and sleeping more, everything kind of went hand in hand. I started slowing down. I started being able to sleep more soundly and I was able to become someone who could proudly say I sleep. And it also helps with attention span and focusing. So over time with the meditation, I did eventually again, I don't want people to feel like I'm anti-medication. If you're listening to this and you are on medication and it's working for you, that's beautiful. But as I mentioned, for me, I was at a point where it wasn't working for me and I was able to wean off of all of them, including the ADD medications, which were some of the hardest ones to come off of. And it's not like meditation is this magic pill that makes you all of a sudden the best sleeper who has no anxiety, who can focus so well, but it does improve all of those things. And it, I think most importantly, lets you be so patient with yourself when you're not feeling those things that the stress and the anxiety and perhaps lack of sleep or inability to focus, instead of it being something that's bothering you, you have patience with it. And so it doesn't last as long. That's my experience with it, at least.
1: It's interesting. An analogy that I think is apt and certainly apt today with what the world is dealing with is if we were to conceptualize our stress or our level of stress as a bucket of water and that, you know, in a normal situation, you know, you have work and kids and Homework and baseball practice, and all of these things, bills and finances, all this stuff we have to, there's a certain level that we can tolerate. And when the water starts overflowing, that's when we kind of freak out and really have issues. And so I, I think what I'm hearing from you is a meditative practice. I guess there's two ways to look at it either the bucket is bigger and we don't overflow the top, or we've got less water in our bucket. But either way, uh, it's something that can really help us during that's, those times.
0: That's so true, Dr. Richard. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I think your bucket ends up being bigger and calmer.
1: <laughs> so everyone get their bigger bucket, <laughs> get less water in your bucket, do do mindfulness <clears throat> meditation. I, I wonder, uh, I'm going to totally put you on the spot here because we did not talk about this in advance. Would you be willing to walk us through a really quick guided meditation that people could do. And, and again, like, like she said, um, don't do this while you're driving. <laughs> Although nobody should be driving right now, but, but don't do this while you're driving.
0: Yeah, good, good warning. And yes, I would be so happy to. I think right now, what would be most helpful is if we focus on just feeling centered and in the moment. And so to do that, Wherever you are, whatever it is you are doing, I would recommend taking a moment, maybe hitting pause if you need to, to turn off distractions. If you are with children, see if they can sit down and do this with you. Put your phone on, do not disturb. And when you're ready, find yourself in a comfortable seated position, feet planted firmly on the floor, legs uncrossed. Really take a moment to feel the soles of your feet connected to the ground. Feeling their weight balanced on either side. Bring your awareness to your sit bones. Make sure that they feel balanced on either side, perhaps adjusting them if you need to. Let each vertebrae stack one on top of the other letting your spine straighten and lengthen, imagining there is a string pulling the top of your head towards the ceiling. Let your palms rest in your lap, facing downwards, and softly, if you haven't already, close your eyes. Let yourself simply feel aware of your breath without trying to control it or change it. Without judging it, just noticing it. Becoming curious about it. Exploring how it feels at the tip of your nose. Perhaps tuning in to what muscles you are engaging as you breathe. Are your ribs expanding? Pay attention to how your stomach is moving. And now on your next inhale, very intentionally, allow your lower abdomen to expand, followed by your ribcage. And as the air reaches the top, hold it here momentarily. And whenever you're ready, exhale with a sigh. And at the bottom of that breath, repeat this again. Slow deep inhale, stomach fully expanding, ribcage fully expanding. Breath is held slightly at the top. And when you're ready, exhale with a sigh. Really let yourself feel gravity as you exhale. And then one more deep breath in, stomach fully expanding, rib cage expanding. Breath is held momentarily at the top. And one last time, powerful exhale. Let it all out, perhaps even wiggle your shoulders a little. Shake it off, feel gravity anchoring you down. And at the bottom of that breath, just return to a pattern of breathing that's comfortable for you. In through your nose and out through your mouth. Allowing each inhale to melt into every exhale and every exhale, to gently rise into every inhale. And as you focus on this breath, if you have any thoughts that occur, any emotions that pop up, just lovingly let them, without clinging to them, without judging them, Without trying to change them or chase them away, they can come and go. You just continue to focus on this beautiful cycle of breath, the inhales flowing into the exhales, becoming aware of the fact that your body is just naturally nourishing you. On every inhale, welcoming in more oxygen. And on every exhale, Releasing any stagnant energy. Your body is naturally taking care of you with this breath. Pay attention to how good that feels inside of you to know. Becoming aware of your physical body. Of your presence inside of your body. feeling anchored and grounded. Knowing that as thoughts and emotions come and go, you are capable of staying centered, staying connected to your breath. You are not the thoughts and the feelings that come and go. You can love them, you can appreciate them, you can let them come and go. You are that gentle, loving stillness inside of you. That stillness that you can sense right now. On your next inhale, breathe in extra deeply, filling up your lungs completely, holding your breath at the top in your mind, saying thank you as you hold your breath. And when you're ready, exhale with a sigh. Roll your shoulders. Wiggle your fingers and your toes again in your mind saying thank you to yourself for showing up for this thank you to this moment and when you're ready very slowly bring your awareness back to the room around you opening your eyes as it feels good to you
1: that was awesome (laughs) did i cut you off too soon no Okay. And we're done. Very good. I was like, oh my God, I just ruined the whole thing. I think. No.
0: <laughs> the nice thing is that after that you still feel this kind of tingly calmness and it's fun to experiment with how far into your day you can take it. I know a lot of practices recommend doing it first thing in the morning and doing it before bed. And when I first started, I was very religious about it or like I was very regimented about it. I did always make sure to do it before uh, bed. And as soon as I woke up and now I find myself just taking a moment to do that at random times during the day. And even with eyes open while doing things like the dishes or walking my dog and you can, you can do that exact process with your eyes open just to, be centered and present with whatever you're doing.
1: It's, it's fantastic and I you know as I said you you really have the perfect disposition to do this. Uh, before we wrap up I want to give you a moment to talk to everybody about incandescent, an unconventional meditation podcast. Talk to us about your show.
0: <laughs> Thank you. It's unconventional because I do say you can listen while you're walking your dog or while you're doing yoga or while you are cleaning your house. It's designed for you to you you could sit in stillness too, like we just did. But if you're not ready for that, like I wasn't when I first started meditating you can still benefit by being more in the moment. And I use positive affirmations that are looped. And I do special effects where they pan from one ear to the other ear. And it helps you get into this flow state with whatever you're doing. And it's just a way to feel almost like an espresso shot for your soul whenever you need it.
1: Well, we all need espresso espresso shots to our soul right now (laughs) with what's going on in the world. So thank Uh, you for doing all that you're doing because it's so needed. Marissa, we're- thank you. I appreciate that. Marissa, we're at time. And as you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guest a single question. That is, what is your biggest helping, the one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today?
0: My biggest helping is to always honor your emotions. As I mentioned for so long in my life, I ignored any emotion below neutral and acted like it was bad or something that I had to hide from or avoid. But instead, when I realized that all those feelings were essentially just wounded parts of me wishing I would turn around and give them love, that's when everything changed. So whenever you're feeling an emotion that feels uncomfortable, Instead of doing something to avoid it, to just look at it and be like, hey, hey there fear, come to the table. I love you. I welcome you in. What do you have to teach me? Usually whatever that emotion is, it's almost like the speed bumps in the road that are reminding you that you're going off your path or that's not what they're, they're not called speed bumps, the things on the right anyway, you know, when you're going off the road and it reminds you to go back, that's what your fears are. The opposite of whatever your fear is, is a strong desire. So you can feel thankful to your emotions, to those feelings below neutral for reminding you that you have a very strong passion and desire within you. We don't feel those lower intense emotions over things we don't care about. So Next time you're feeling one of them, love it, embrace it, thank it for showing up, listen to it, don't try to push it away. And if, for example, you're feeling a fear of concern about health for you or your loved ones, thank that fear for reminding you that you desire radiant health for you and your loved ones.
1: So well said. I'm so grateful, especially now that you came on the show today and shared all this with with our listeners. Marissa, talk to the audience about how people can find your podcast and connect with you online.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Richard. It's been so wonderful talking with you. I appreciate all that you're doing to, to help us all during this, what can be a really trying time. Uh, the best way to find me is my website, Marissa, M A R I S A, I M O N.com. I have over 200 free meditations there. That's where you can find links to incandescent. Of course, you can also just search it in your podcast app. And I'm on Instagram at Marissa Iman Music and Miracles.
1: Beautiful. And we're going to have everything Marissa Iman for her show notes page at the dailyhelping.com as well as in the daily helping app available in iTunes and Google Play. Well, this has been timely, important, and wonderful. Marissa, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Richard. It's been such a pleasure.
1: Absolutely, Marissa. And I I wanna thank each and every one of you as well who chose to tune into this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show and our really incredible guests like Marissa who can add so much value into our lives right now. But most importantly, do something nice for somebody else today. I know we're all locked in our homes and we can't get out, but we've got the internet and we've got phones. Go surprise somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time. Do something nice for them. Post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others.